Chuck. Call for the worm, bro. Welcome back to the Chuck Series Companion. I am your host, the Jstrom. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for listening. If you're like me, then you're a fan of Chuck. And the reason you downloaded this podcast is because you're either a huge fan of Chuck, or you're becoming a fan, you're watching it right now, and I appreciate it. So this is the show where we cover every single episode of Chuck. And right now we are on Season 1, Episode 6, Chuck vs. the Sandworm. But before we get into that episode, I want to talk about a few things. First of all, this was so cool that just recently on Facebook I saw that Tim Jones, the Chuck composer, announced that a Chuck original soundtrack will be released on April 7th, 2015. So that's like a month away, and I am so excited. I mean, to think, just uh, like episode one of the show, I was talking about how it was a crime it hadn't come out yet. I mean, the series ended in 2012, and here it is 2015, and finally a soundtrack is coming out. And I can't wait to buy it and listen to it. It's it's going to be awesome. Right now you can pre-order it on Amazon. And I read an interview with Tim Jones where he said the digital download will have 20 extra minutes of music that the CD won't. And the thing is, I really want to have that jewel case in my possession uh, and have it just sitting on a shelf. I know it's kind of funny, but maybe when you're, you guys understand, when you're a fan of something, you want like merchandise from the thing you love. Like, I love looking up and seeing my Chuck blu-rays you know up on a shelf but i'd love to see the jewel case so i may have to buy both (laughs) as funny as that sounds but one thing that warner brothers uh, who owns chuck should know is that chuck fans are ready to spend money on something they love they love chuck we would buy the merchandise if you put it out if they put out chuck novels like i see you know my wife absolutely loved the show burn notice um, they have burn notice novels, like uh, individual uh, cases or whatever, and we own like three of them. And I would love to. I mean, if we don't have a show right now, how great would it be if, like, every you know, I don't know, let's just say every six months, a Chuck novel came out? We would eat that stuff up, man. We would love that. Um, until of course a Chuck movie comes out, but my dream really guys, I don't know if you know this, but I will try to work my way up the ranks of Netflix until I become president of programming. And then I basically green light Chuck for a sixth season. And I, of course you guys know, I will automatically give them three seasons to start out with. 
And uh, I'll try for 22 episodes per season, but if everyone's too busy, okay, I'll settle on 13 episodes per season. And then we'll spin it off into a film franchise, if you guys don't mind. I'm thinking kind of like the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock a model where they do three 90-minute episodes a year. Basically, three Chuck movies a year. Three 90-minute episodes. I would love that. But, okay, let me get out of fantasy land now. But how cool is it that, hey, at one time we thought a Chuck soundtrack available to the public would be a fantasy. But it's coming out, guys. Woohoo! I am excited about that. I'm buzzing over that. Okay, and before, again, before we move on to the episode, I want to thank Christopher, who runs a Chuck fan site called Chuckaholics. He also put together a great website called The Chuck Project. It's on socialgo.com. It's a place where Chuck fans from all over the world can get together and post and uh, share thoughts on Chuck, etc. It's really awesome. And I want to thank him because he endorsed the Chuck series companion on his website. And it's so kind and so awesome. Thank you so much, Christopher, for doing that. I appreciate it so much. And it's just really cool to see somebody taking notice of the show. And that's what I want to do. I want the show to reach Chuck fans and people listen to the show, fondly remember that episode. You could take it with you on the go. You're listening as you're on the subway or you're driving somewhere. You can listen to me talk about old Chuck episodes that you remember and love. But guys, if you also want to reach other Chuck fans, you should check out the Chuck Project on Social Go. But also check out Christopher's Chuck site called Chuckaholics.com. Thank you so much, Christopher. I appreciate that. Also, I want you guys to go to my site, ChuckPodcast.blogspot.com. There you can find every episode of the Chuck Series Companion. When you listen to this, there will be six episodes. But also, I do a blog post on each episode where I kind of give my thoughts. I kind of reference the songs that I like from the episodes. And I also provide links to reviews of the show that I've read in the past, like by Alan Seppenwall. It doesn't mean I always agree with what they say. Also, I think it's cool when you're doing a Chuck binge watch, just going by how I felt. When you're watching it and you're enjoying the episodes, you're like, I wonder what other people thought of these episodes. And you have nobody to talk to about it. Go check out those reviews that I link to. And many times, like on Alan Seppenwall's reviews... He will give his thoughts on it, and then in the comment sections of his reviews, other people chime in. I don't always agree with it. When people start to get overly nitpicky about episodes, it would drive me nuts. I'm not kidding. I'm a Chuck apologist. I love the show. I don't overly critique it or anything like that. You know, if you've listened to the first five episodes, you know that I am fondly reminiscing about the show and telling you what I love about it. I'm kind of sharing it with you guys. Um, I'm not like critiquing and tearing apart the plot or anything like that because that doesn't interest me, quite frankly. And um, hopefully you're cool with that. So guys, check out chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. And I also want to remind you that the show is now on iTunes. 
Look for the link there of the show on iTunes. And I'd love for you to give the show a review and a star rating because um, the more reviews I get, the more ratings, the more it will show up in iTunes. I want people to be able to do a search on Chuck and find the podcast, etc. So thank you guys so much for that. And also I wanted to mention about Christopher who does Chuckaholics. It's so cool that for years, you know, I've loved Chuck and I've kind of kept it to myself. And you almost think like, do other people like this show as much as I do? Are there other people out there? He's made it possible for you to find other people that love the show just as much as you. It's so cool when you find out, oh, wow, other people love the show. And, you know, it's it's not like I didn't know there were fans of the show because there were fan campaigns that kept the show on the air. I knew that. But it's cool to now be able to talk to other people who love the show just as much as you do. They're passionate fans. And if you want to talk to people about that stuff, it's cool. Now, before we move on, I have a voicemail from one of our listeners. This one is from Adam. Adam from the Bay Area. And I will not lie, he's a good friend of mine. He's a a huge fan of Entertainment Landfill. And he sent a voicemail. Now, I want to preface this with saying that I've tried to get uh, Adam to watch Chuck in the past. And he started, I think he got through season two. And I could tell while talking to him, I would say, hey, what did you think about this part? And, you know, it was kind of like I could tell he wasn't really jumping on it like I like I did. And uh, I can understand that, you know, Chuck isn't for everybody, which is cool. But now that I'm doing the show, I'm hoping to kind of like listen to this and you'll see, you know, I'm not telling people why the show is cool. I'm just telling people what I love about it. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I'll let Adam speak for himself. So let's check this out. What's up, all you chuckleheads? This is Adam from the Bay Area. I've uh, been a long listener of the Jstrom's other podcast, Entertainment Landfill, and about a year ago or so, uh, relatively close to the time that Chuck was released on Netflix streaming, Jason recommended that I check out the show and told me all about um, a lot about it and how much he loved it, and um, he also <clears throat> I also read his blog post all about Chuck a, a while before that, I want to say. I don't remember all of the times. So I watched it with my wife, um, and we... We took a liking to it, but eventually some of the cheesy, corny parts I just got a little fed up with and I couldn't really do it anymore. But then when, uh, in the effort to support Jason and uh, and the Nowhere in Mulberry Entertainment Landfill crew, uh, I just wanted, I want to support anything that, that you guys do. So I, uh, I started listening to the Chuck Companion and I got to say, it's, uh, it's, it's covered well. It's uh, the music is a nice touch. All of the information about the actors, actresses, um, the plot lines, the soundtrack, all that stuff. It's highly informative, very well mixed, made show. Um, I love Jason's personality. Obviously, I love your personality. So, uh, hearing you talk about something you're passionate about tends to make me passionate about it. So I've gone back and I've watched the first five episodes over again. And it's so nice to be able to watch in conjunction with what, with the companion. So I'm just looking forward to continuing to watch the shows as you record the shows. And I, I just think that, um, you, your personality is what makes it, you know, because if it was just a bunch of information about this show that I really didn't care that much about, 
then I probably wouldn't I wouldn't be listening still. I wouldn't continue to listen. But because I know you, I know you have a great personality and you're doing a great bang-up show on the job, um, on, excuse me, <laughs> doing a great job on the show, it just makes it easy to listen to and it makes me more passionate about about watching the show. So anyways, I, well, and I, I liken it to, I had a cousin that, uh, it's funny, I could watch a movie the first time and not really like it. But then a month later or something, my cousin would bring it over um, on a VHS tape, probably a, a letterbox, a laserdisc transfer dubbed to a VHS, um, and, he, and we would watch it, and he would point out the subtle nuances, and he would point out what, what he thought was funny about it. And he, in turn, growing up, influenced the way that I view films and TV and different things. And so I just feel, you know, and he's around the same age as, as you, Jason. And so I just, it's kind of neat that now I can, like, get the same thing phonically by listening to my iPhone at work or whatever and then watching the shows uh, in combination with that. So I'm sorry I rambled on. I wanted to support and give some voicemail. And uh, I hope that the more and more you show this uh, podcast to people and try to plug it, more and more people will flock to it, and then you'll even get some more entertainment landfill listeners. So I'm hoping you've got to tweet Zachary Levi because I cannot, I cannot see him not enjoying this show. I mean, I'm just sure he would love it. So, anyways, um, have a keep going, keep recording. You got a nice steam head of steam built, and I would just like to see you continue to build on it. And I'm encouraging everybody, uh, a newcomer or an old fan of Chuck, just check it out. Okay, sorry for rambling. Bye. Well, thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. Adam's a great guy. Um, he did throw me off a little bit with the cheesy and corny about Chuck thing, but you guys got to remember, some people might be taken aback by the tone of Chuck. It's a action, comedy, spy hybrid. So while we can have like serious spy stuff going on with uh, life and death intrigue going on, there's also goofy stuff in the buy more and it's an interesting balance some people might not get it at first or they might get it okay but sometimes it's just a little too much i got to tell you what that's what i love about the show i love about the show that it could be so incredibly goofy and it could also be serious uh with uh, high stakes so it, it's a matter of uh what you're into um, I am into it. I will take Cheesy and Corny, and I will take the warmth of the show, those feel-good moments, but also the the action scenes, etc. Uh, Chuck is everything to me, and I love the show very much. So, Adam, I thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and hopefully you keep listening, and maybe I'll win you over. Maybe Chuck will win you over. So thanks a lot. If you guys want to send me a voicemail, Send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. You can just attach it in an email. Or you can call my voicemail line at 1206-309-4729. I also want to point out that I love feedback. So if you guys want to send some feedback my way, I will dig it. I will love it. Tell me about your love for Chuck. Tell me about what you think of the show. And better yet, give me a review on iTunes. It's so funny asking for something like that because it way back in 2005, I started a show called Nowhere and Mulberry, which eventually became Entertainment Landfill. And we used to say, hey, review us on iTunes. It'll get us some notice. And after 
you know, we did that for a couple of months. We stopped. And so now cut to 10 years later and I'm sitting here doing it again, but I got to tell you guys this much. I appreciate it. And you know, every once in a while I'll go on iTunes and I will read those old reviews and feel some warmth in my heart. Like, Oh, these people really dug this this much. So someone is out there and they appreciate it. And that's me. So I just want to tell you guys that now guys, it is time. Let's get into season one, episode six of Chuck, Chuck versus the sandworm. Okay, this episode was written by Phil Klemmer, which is uh, one of those writers of Chuck that did quite a few episodes, and he was with Chuck until the end. I just want you guys to know that. This is a Chuck lifer. Started in season one, went all the way to season five, and he wrote 14 episodes of Chuck. He was also a writer of Veronica Mars, another show that I love. I love watching that show with my wife. He wrote 15 episodes of Veronica Mars. So I'm telling you, as I read this guy's credits, I realize I'm a huge fan of Phil Klemmer. He also co-created the show The Tomorrow People on the CW, which I loved. I I watched every episode of that show, and it got canceled, which sucks. I was so pissed, but... That show was great. I loved it. It's about these people with powers and stuff, and they're being hunted by a, you know, government group that wants to stop them. All that kind of, you know, you've seen it all before, but the show was a lot of fun, and it got better as it went along. And right now, he's a uh, consulting producer and a writer on the show Forever on ABC, uh, along with Chris Fedak and creator Matt Miller, who wrote last week's episode. If you want to watch a show with Chuck veterans, watch Forever. I mean, I know it's not Chuck, but hey, at least you got something to watch, right? <laughs> or just rewatch Chuck. But Phil Klemmer, just based on his um, credits, I know I like the guy. Just saying that he wrote Chuck and Veronica Mars is enough for me to love the guy. Now, also, this episode was directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. That's right, he returns. Robert Duncan McNeil who I mentioned on episode two, directed Chuck versus the Helicopter. Robert Duncan McNeil, I also mentioned before, directed 21 episodes of Chuck. So this guy is a Chuck vet. He is the go-to director for Chuck. And uh, whenever you see his name while you watch the show, you will smile like, oh, he's back. He's directing again. He's directing this episode. So you will see his name all over the credits of Chuck from now until the end of the series. So that is awesome. And fans of him as an actor will, of course, know him as Lieutenant Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager. So let's get into Chuck versus the Sandworm. Now, this episode begins in Medias Res, in the midst of things. Some crazy stuff is happening. There's this dude. He's running around. He's uh, trying to escape some kind of bunker or something. You've got the cool Tim Jones action music going on. Then he runs into a guy, and this guy looks very familiar if you're a fan of the show Suits. That's right, it's Rick Hoffman. He plays Lewis Litt on the show Suits. So if you're a fan of Suits, hey, here's uh, Lewis Litt, everybody. (laughs) 
So the guy from Suits is like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Where are you going? You don't think I'm just going to let you leave? And then the guy promptly hits him over the head with his laptop. Where do you think you're going? I mean, you just don't think I can let you... So when the guy bursts out the door and it's bright sunlight and it's like on the beach somewhere, you realize the guy really was in a bunker somewhere. Cut to Chuck at the Buy More and this woman needs some help buying a camera, but Chuck can't really help her. See, he's a nerd herder. You see, he's not a green shirt. Green shirts are the salesmen. Excuse me. Yeah. Is there a trick to getting some help around here? Other than being charming and beautiful, no, ma'am. I need to know which of these to buy. The 3000Z or the 3000ZX? Excellent question. Uh, you need to talk to one of our green shirts about that. I can actually call one to assist you. I'm not a salesman. I'm actually part of the nerd herd. You must be so proud of yourself. I wouldn't go so far as to say proud. Hello. I love the way the lady says, you must be so proud. That's hilarious. So Chuck realizes that there's no one helping anyone. There's people on every aisle saying, hello, can I get some help? And there's nobody there. Where the hell is everybody? Work here. Keep your hand with us. I'm so sorry. One minute. I'll be right back. Now cut to the buy more break room, and it seems everyone is in there playing a game of Mystery Crisper. Mystery Crisper! Guys, sorry, sorry to break up. You want in, it's going to cost you five bucks. What's going on? Final round, Mystery Crisper. The great crisper where employee food goes to die. Put the shield down. Now, I admit, every time I watch this, I get a little grossed out. The thought of eating old food in a fridge um, grosses me out. I'm not even a big leftovers kind of guy. Just ask my wife. Like She'll say, hey, there's this leftover from last night or two days ago. God forbid, two days ago. I do not eat old food. I don't know what the deal is. I'm paranoid. I'm going to get poisoned or something. I don't know. But how Morgan's body can handle this old food, I don't know. There it is. I'm a dirty. He's out of there. And I love how Anna Wu is like, so like, Morgan is so awesome. <laughs> People can really appreciate this talent Morgan's got. Morgan is so awesome. He can eat anything. But unfortunately, it's all interrupted when Big Mike bursts into the room. Matoski! Never just! Need to see you in my office. I, I was just on my way. And this episode also has the return of Harry Tang, and we get to see him taunt Chuck. Daddy mad, Chuck. Daddy mad. Might as well kiss that promotion goodbye. Get in here, Bartowski. Yes, sir. And I love when Chuck shows up to Big Mike's office, he questions him. What's the best part of being by more brass? Tell me. What's the best part of being by more brass? The power. The money. The ladies. The medical. I couldn't give a rodent's behind about this job. But this... My body is my temple, and I must treat it as such. I love the way he says, my body is my temple. And Chug just gives this look like, okay. Is that is that all, sir? Because I, I really should uh, get back to work. No, that is not all. Sit down. Okay. 
There's a guy coming in here from corporate to interview you and Tang for the assistant manager spot. Now, Tang has the charm of a prostate exam. For some reason, people seem to like you. If the HR guy likes you, the job is yours. So is the medical. Don't screw up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Make sure Morgan does his best, too. That kid is going to be the anchor around your neck, Bartowski. Okay, so we learn a guy's coming in to interview Chuck and Harry Tang. And Big Mike doesn't seem to like Harry that much. He knows he's a kiss-ass. So he's telling Chuck, all you got to do is nail the interview and the job is yours. That's all Chuck has to do. Let's see if he pulls it off. (laughs) Now cut to the Bartowski residence. And uh, Ellie is decorating the house for Halloween. One of the things I love about Chuck also is their holiday episodes. I don't care if it's Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day. I love when they have holidays in their episodes. And it makes me wish that I was there celebrating with them. It's just really cool. I always dig it. Well, we don't have enough actual cobwebs already. (laughs) I'm getting ready for our annual Halloween party. What time are you uh, getting here? Oh, you know what? I might be late. They finally scheduled that promotional interview thing for that afternoon. Well, we can just make it an assistant manager party, too, then. Sure, yeah, if you feel like jinxing it. You're just finally growing up, aren't you? (laughs) And then Ellie wonders, maybe it's time for Chuck and Morgan to not share the same costume. Do you think that this year would be a good time for you and Morgan to have separate costumes? Excuse me, but what's wrong with our costume? Um, I'm sorry, but the whole two-man sea cucumber thing is kind of creepy. First of all, it's a sandworm, okay? Shy Halud, to be specific. For those not in the know, the sandworm in Shy Halud is a reference to Dune. The big sandworms in Dune, so that's pretty cool. Reference to Dune. And second of all, Dune fans have been going nuts over our costumes since the 8th grade. <laughs> and then Devin shows up half naked showing uh, Chuck his costume. And it'll be a shtick from now on in the show where Devin, awesome, he always has his shirt off. Something for the ladies, I guess. I don't know. Yo, Chuckster. Guess what I am. Here. Naked? I'm Adam. You know, like Adam and Eve Adam. Wait till you see my snake. I don't want to I don't want to see your snake. <laughs> Devin. Chuck here has an interview on Wednesday. That is outstanding. <laughs> okay. I gotta excuse me. Hello. Hello? I'm getting tense. You know I don't like being tense. How can I help you relax, Big Mike? Find that jackass Morgan. Your buddy's supposed to be working a double shift today. So Chuck gets a phone call from Big Mike, and he's pissed. He wants to know where Morgan is. But Chuck has a pretty good idea of where he is. He's on the pier at the Playland Arcade. And when I see arcades like this in TV shows or whatever, I totally want to go there. This pier looks awesome. Hey, hey, buddy, Morgan, where you been? Where have you you been? I've been trying to call you. I I picked up the sandworm costume from the dry cleaners. The ranch dressing from last year totally came out, so we're all good. You ready to win another buy more costume contest? No, 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 because you're supposed to be at work, buddy. So Chuck is trying to get Morgan to come to work, but uh, Morgan is having the time of his life playing Guitar Shredder. That's right, not Guitar Hero. I believe it's Guitar Shredder. I got ten big ones riding on this quote-unquote video game, so can I just have, uh, this guy's been handing me my ass all week. 
Time to return the favor. So Morgan uh, is trying to win 10 bucks from this guy. And who do we see it is? It's the guy from the beginning of the episode that escaped from the bunker. We don't really know a lot about the guy. He seemed maybe like he could be dangerous. He did hit a guy with a laptop. But who hasn't done that in their life, right? So it's Morgan versus this guy on Guitar Shredder. And they fire up the song, All Right Now, by the band Free. Over. Your reign is over. But right away, Chuck flashes on the guy, and we see that he's considered dangerous. Um, Morgan. Yeah, buddy. Morgan, this guy is dangerous. Well, Morgan's dangerous, Chucky. Morgan's dangerous. So Chuck is not too subtle when he tells Morgan that this guy is dangerous. And the guy looks at Chuck and he sees his spy watch. It's almost as if he recognizes it as a spy watch. How did you find me? How did you find me? Who else knows I'm here? Who do you work for? The guy quickly jumps Chuck and he wants to know what he knows about him. No one, no one, let me go. Look, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I know you're a spy. Your watch. I designed that watch for the CIA. Are there other agents waiting for me outside? So the guy tells Chuck he designed his watch and he wants to know if there's other agents there. Like they're waiting for him. It's an ambush or something. When Morgan shows up and he scares him off. And Morgan would scare anybody off. Ah, ah, you're not sneaking away from me. Wait, whoa, whoa. You stole me 10 bucks. Morgan. Morgan. But Morgan has no idea there's any real danger. He just wants his 10 bucks. So Chuck returns to the Bartowski residence, kind of urgent, and we see Ellie and Awesome there on the couch, and Chuck wants to know if Sarah's there. And Awesome's like, oh yeah, she said she had a surprise for you. Get in there, slugger. (laughs) Hey, um... Is Sarah here? She's waiting in your room. Everything okay? Said she had a surprise for you. Get in there, slugger. (laughs) So Chuck's kind of freaked out on this Laszlo guy that he flashed on. He wants to know all about him. But Sarah's just trying to calm him down and tell him that they're looking into it. Who is this Laszlo character? He just ID'd me as an agent. Relax, we're looking into him and you did the right thing. I I didn't do anything. I just flashed on the guy. You followed protocol and I'm going to check in with you first thing in the morning. So this is kind of funny and awkward. Uh, Before Sarah can leave, Chuck's like, um, Awesome and Ellie kind of think that we're doing stuff in here. So you can't really leave that quickly. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Wait, um, look, if it's cool with you, could you hang out for a little while? Look, Awesome and Ellie think that I'm kind of getting lucky in here, and I wouldn't want to disappoint them. I love, uh, Sarah's reaction here, or should I say Yvonne Strahovski, the way she plays this. It's kind of awkward, like, oh, okay. Uh, it's pretty funny. Oh, um... Uh, how long do you want me to stay? 42 minutes and 15 seconds. But Chuck has such an exact number of the amount of time he wants her to stay. It's kind of interesting, but he quickly explains that it's the same length of time as 
Arcade Fire's album. It's an auditory aphrodisiac, guys. Arcade Fire's first album, it's like a auditory aphrodisiac. You're not really ready for it yet. But he doesn't think Sarah's really ready for that album, so he puts on the band Editors, The Weight of the World. Which, by the way, I really like the band Editors, and I have two of their albums, and I think they're really cool. So hearing them in this episode, I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's immediately awkward how they're just sitting there and the music's playing and Chuck wants to know, wait, what? didn't she have a surprise? What was she doing there waiting for? Why were you waiting for me in my room anyway? Well, I wanted to surprise you. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, it's us at Comic-Con. What do you think? It's, it's great. <laughs> But we've never actually been to Comic-Con, have we? So the surprise is a picture of Chuck and Sarah at Comic-Con. She's in a Slave Leia outfit. He looks like he's got a Han Solo vest on. And he's not really thrilled about it. He's just kind of like, oh, we weren't really, we weren't at Comic-Con. It's not real. So therefore, he's not excited about it. And he's like, we almost look like a real couple. But they're not. So I can see where Chuck's coming from here. He's a little bummed out. It's all phony. Wow, we we actually look like a real couple. Well, we are a real couple. We're just a different sort of a couple. That we are. So cut back to the Buy More break room when Casey shows up and he's pissed that he's just now learning about Laszlo and everything that's going on, poor John, he gets no respect. You! What do I have to do to get timely intel out of you, Bartowski? Look, I briefed Sarah last night, all right? Oh, I bet you did, Slugger. And this is the second time Chuck gets called Slugger in the episode <laughs> where John hints that Chuck did get lucky. But what he's really annoyed by is he never gets briefed first. I thought we were all supposed to be part of the same team here, huh, Team Chuck? We are, but I'm starting to feel like the guy who always gets picked last, and I don't like feeling like Team Chuck's little fat kid. Okay, you know what? The next time I have a flash, I'll come straight to you. All right, Casey? What'd you tell Laszlo? Nothing. He asked me where I got my watch, and I told him my girlfriend gave it to me, okay? So you compromised yourself and Agent Walker. Bang up job, Chuck. So, yeah, maybe Chuck could do a better job under pressure of not revealing any type of info, but he'll work on it. Now, cut to Chuck at the Nerd Herd service desk, and he's helping a nice little old lady. And so now you and your son are ready to video chat. Oh, thank you, young man. You've been... Great heavens! (laughs) I love the way she says, Great heavens! (laughs) And we see that uh, Morgan... And a couple of dudes he has with him. You know, he's kind of showing off with the video cam. He's uh, catching a shot of a woman's whale tail as she's shopping. (laughs) Her underwear's sticking up out of her pants. And come on, Morgan. Could you be a little more mature about this? (laughs) This is a whale tail. Notice this elusive creature seen here frolicking in her natural habitat. Any sudden movement would... Give me, give me this. Come hey, on, come on, come on. Get it. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Have fun. Go find the video games. 
was that about, man? Come on, I was this close to closing a sale. No, you know what you are, Morgan? You are this close to getting fired for sexual harassment. But now Chuck really lets Morgan have it. He's going to get fired if he keeps up crap like this. And he really kind of chews him out in front of everybody. It's a pretty interesting dynamic to see. Because in previous episodes, you see that Chuck, he doesn't always encourage Morgan's behavior. But he doesn't do anything to discourage it. But this is the first time you see him really letting Morgan have it. What happened, Chuck? You used to be cool. I, I used to be cool. When, when was that? When we were 13? Well, I'm sorry to go changing on you, buddy, but if you hadn't noticed, we are now, chronologically speaking, adults. So unless you want to work retail for the rest of your life, and by the way, drag me down with you in the process, I would suggest that you grow up. And then uh, Jeff and Lester show up. Telling Chuck he did quite a good job of handling that situation. And I'll always love the way Chuck says, Super Jeff! <laughs> Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Couldn't help but notice the way you handled that uh, Morgan situation. That was most impressive, Chuck. That's great, that's great. You gave me goosebumps. Super Jeff! Now cut to John Casey in the home theater room, where he's going to be briefed on the Laszlo situation by General Beckman. The intersect was correct to alert us. We've been looking for Laszlo Minofsky since he escaped from Los Robles National Labs last month. Who is he? Weapons designer, government brain. The target graduated college age 14, PhD at 17. Been with us ever since, working for a clandestine engineering subcontractor. Lazo is not the kind of asset we can afford to lose to our enemies. Grade A egghead. Got it. What do you want me to do with him? Bring him in and take caution. So we learned that Laszlo was recruited when he was a little kid. He's a freaking genius. What's very troubling and puzzling is that it looks like he was some sort of prisoner working for the CIA. How did that happen? Now cut to the Bymore parking lot where Chuck is heading home after work. Oh, <laughs> Nice try, buddy, but uh, Halloween's tomorrow, okay? It's Laszlo, and he right away tells Chuck he didn't kill anybody. I guess he assumes that Chuck has been briefed on his escape, and when he says he didn't kill anybody, it makes me automatically think that he's being framed. And it makes me wonder like, how much we can trust what the CIA is saying over what Laszlo is saying. I didn't kill anybody. Look, I, I, I never said you did. Then why am I on the FBI list? I, I don't know. Just calm down. I was framed, okay? You have to believe me. I am not a murderer. Okay. Okay. I believe you. But FYI, you're kind of acting like a murderer. So then you learn that Laszlo has indeed watched the briefing that General Beckman gave to Casey because he invented that whole video feed technology so I guess he's assuming Chuck has seen it, and he's pleading that he's innocent. You told the undercover agent about me, didn't you? He's talking to Pentagon operations right now. I tapped into the encrypted video feed at the store. I helped design that home theater system. Look, I, I, I don't know who you think... So then Chuck starts wrestling with a gun with Laszlo until water begins to drip on his face, and turns out it's a squirt gun. <laughs> Is that a water gun? No. I'm pretty sure it's dripping up my face. I'm sorry. Name's Laszlo. And I need help. So Chuck mostly wants to know, okay, what do you want? And it looks like Laszlo really needs his help. He wants him to help him clear his name. What the hell am I supposed to do? You're on the inside. You have access. Look, unless you help me clear my name, they're going to keep chasing me. You're my only hope. 
But first, I could really use some pancakes. Yes, I could use some pancakes too, Laszlo. So cut to Morgan. He's waiting at the fountain when uh, Awesome and Ellie come home from uh, an evening out. And you can tell Morgan is really taking to heart what Chuck said. He's really mulling over about how he's this immature slacker and he needs to grow up. And he's kind of thinking, how do I go about it? Luckily, Awesome's there to help him out. Hey, where's Chuck? Shouldn't you guys be practicing your snake dance? It's a sandworm, and Chuck's not here because he's probably off doing something really mature, like uh, seeing an opera or reading. Come on, babe, let's help the little guy out. Now cut to Chuck and Laszlo eating pancakes, and it looks like they're in an IHOP. And uh, watching the scene immediately makes me crave breakfast food, but I'll try to move past it, guys, and concentrate. But he's talking to Laszlo about uh, what kind of stuff did he do. He pretty much created whatever an agent needed. And Chuck says, you're pretty much like Q from James Bond. And Laszlo has no idea what he's talking about. By the way, I quickly wanted to mention that Laszlo is played by an actor named Jonathan Sadowski. If you're watching this episode thinking, God, I know this guy. Where do I know this guy from? You may know him as the diabolical hacker from Live Free or Die Hard. He was kind of like Timothy Oliphant's um, sidekick in there. He was like an evil hacker. So you may know him from that. What else did you make for the CIA? Whatever the job's called for, actually. I mean, if an agent wanted thermal vision Ray-Bans or he wanted a parachute disguised as a backpack, I'm the guy they call. You're like a real-life Q. You know? You know, Q. The guy who used to make all the gadgets for Bond, Q. Bond was that spy guy, right? What, have they been keeping you in a friggin' cave? So Chuck learns that uh, he doesn't know who Bond is because he was kept in an underground bunker. An underground lab, actually. For the last ten years. All I did was work in that lab, pretty much. Well, that and play video games, but um, no friends, no family. No Bond. No wonder you blew up all of your research and busted out of there. That's just inhumane. So when Laszlo tells Chuck about his life in uh, an underground compound for the last 10 years, it makes me think about the pilot where Casey talked about them locking Chuck up in a facility somewhere. Chuck really lucked out that he's not like Laszlo. They didn't just lock him up, bring him files from time to time, hoping he'd flash on things for their missions. Instead, they're letting him live his normal life. And well, to the, you know, the best that they can. And he's so lucky that Sarah is his handler instead of this other guy played by the dude from Suits. Just think of what Chuck's life would be like if he were like Laszlo instead. But then Laszlo wants to know just who Chuck is. Like if he's a spy and he's has handlers, what exactly does he do? What kind of genius is he? So what kind of work do you do? You know, it's kind of it's kind of uh, complicated, right? But you got to be some kind of a genius or prodigy. I mean, the feds don't bother recruiting somebody, guarding them with undercover agents, unless you're super good at something. What are you super good at? Let's just say I'm a computer guy. So cut back to Morgan at Ellie and Awesome's house, and <laughs> I love the way Morgan says, uh, "Be honest with me. Am I what you would call immature?" And <laughs> Ellie's like, 
Do you really want me to answer that question? It cracks me up. Ellie, let me ask you a question. Am I the kind of person you would categorize as immature? Do you really want me to answer that? Yes. Be straight with me. Fire away both barrels. Would you mind stepping in the kitchen for a moment, Morgan? I'll handle this one, honey. So I love uh, Awesome invites Morgan into their bedroom, and I love the way he's like, Ellie's room. (laughs) Ellie's room. Wow. There comes a time in every man's life when he reaches, well, a crossroads. A time when he must ask himself, am I a tucker? Talking about your shirt, Morgan. (laughs) So... (laughs) What the hell? The scene is so ridiculous. Okay. So Awesome has Morgan in the room and he's there to tell him. So there's a time when you decide either I'm going to have my shirt untucked or tucked in. This may be the time for Morgan to begin tucking in his shirt. How do you know it's time? Just feel it. Go ahead. Tuck her in. See how she feels. No, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm just kind of happy with how my shirts hang there. Come on. You're safe in here. Um... I don't know if I'm right. Do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like my, my my junk's out there for the whole world to see. <laughs> He's like, I just think my junk is out there for the whole world to see. Maybe that's the point, Morgan. Maybe that's the point, Morgan. Maybe that's the point. There's one thing, being a man, it's always speaking your mind. Whatever the cost, always be direct open and honest. <laughs> I love when Awesome tells Morgan, it's always good to be upfront and honest. And he immediately confesses he once hid under Ellie's bed to watch her undress. And I love the way Awesome goes, excellent. When I was 12, I hid under Ellie's bed so I could watch her undress. Excellent. And then he tries to convince Morgan to begin using product in his hair. What are you looking at? Your hair. It's time to tame the main, buddy. Let's talk product. Cut back to the IHOP and um, Laszlo kind of tells Chuck his story that he was recruited from when he was a kid. His parents didn't know what to do with him because he was a genius. So they signed him over to the government. It, it is a really sad story when you hear it. And of course, it plays right into Chuck's heart. This is great. I mean, just being able to sit in a coffee shop and talk. <laughs> talk. When somebody knows what it's like working for the company. You know, if I had to do it over again, I never would have gone to that pier. What pier? I was 11, and some agent saw me playing Tetris at an arcade. So he asked me if I can take all these tests. And the next thing I know, he's offering to pay my way through school. And my parents, like, they don't know what to do with the kid whose IQ is higher than both theirs combined. <laughs> they signed me over. And that's when I became property of the United States government. Sweet story, huh? I'm a little, I'm a little strapped. Um, you know how government work pays, dude. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't even worry about it. Here, here's an IOU. Thanks. So now that Laszlo has Chuck's ear, he fills him with doubt about his handlers. Like, you know, Chuck is like, oh, they're they're good people. They they know what they're doing, and he's like, no, 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 no. You can't trust your handlers. 
go home right now and look around your house and uh, you'll see how trustworthy they are. And, you know, he's planted these seeds of doubt into Chuck. Chuck, listen, you can't tell your handlers you ever saw me. What? Why? They can help you, Laszlo. They're the good guys. <laughs> There's no such thing in this business. I mean, you don't believe me? Go home and search your room. See what kind of bugs your good guy handlers planted on you. From now on, you should trust your handlers precisely as much as they trust you. So Chuck goes straight home and he starts looking for bugs. He finds them in the phone or he finds it under a lamp. And then he goes to his room and he finds the picture of Chuck and Sarah at Comic-Con. And he even finds a bug there. And he's really annoyed, and he goes straight to Casey's apartment to let him have it. <laughs> what the hell are these? Seems you already know, Chuck. I can't believe you've been prying into my most intimate moment. You know what? I swear to God, if I find out you've been spying on my sister, I will kill you, Casey. <laughs> and I love, you know, he's he's like, if I find out you've been spying on my sister, and this is a really funny exchange because Chuck, you know, he threatens Casey that he will kill him. And I love what Casey says about intimate moments. Intimate moments. Not really an issue thus far. At least not in the sense of traditional two-person intimacy. <laughs> Do you have any idea how violated I feel right now? <laughs> I love that <laughs> sound that uh, <laughs> Chuck makes. You feel violated. No, no, no. My ears feel violated because they have to listen to you and that moron Morgan yammering on for four hours about what sandwich you're going to take if you're stranded on a deserted island. <laughs> and I love that... <laughs> I love that Casey complains about listening to them talk about sandwiches for four hours. And Chuck is like, no way. There's no one talks about sandwiches that long. And Casey pulls it up right away to show him that, yes, indeed, they've talked about sandwiches for that long. What are you, nuts? Nobody was talking about sandwiches for four hours. Come on. Think about it. This is a desert island, Morgan. Mayonnaise simply doesn't fare well in the tropics. Uh, yeah, but define sandwich, because technically you could put anything between two slices of bread. For instance, could I bring a Jessica Alba sandwich to set desert island? I, sp I suppose. I'm... Well, I'll have you know I stand by my mayonnaise theory, and you're still a giant douche for spying on me like that. Well, if it's any comfort, Chuck, we planted those bugs to protect you. I love how he calls Casey a douche. But he's like, well, how did you even know about the surveillance? How did you find the surveillance anyway? Oh, a little birdie named Laszlo told me. What? You contacted Laszlo and didn't tell me? I'm sorry, Casey. Did I violate your trust? Now, cut to the Wienerlicious, and Sarah is being visited by Laszlo's handler. Welcome to Wienerlicious. I'm sorry, but we're geschlossen, and that's German for closed. That's really adorable. Nice cover, Agent Walker. You have a sec? What's funny about Laszlo's handler, again played by Rick Hoffman, is he seems so sleazy. It makes me want to root for Laszlo. It makes me want to see that Laszlo is actually a good guy. He was manipulated by this evil CIA handler. He is innocent of killing anyone and he's just a nice guy that Chuck can help. So Chuck comes home and there's Laszlo in his bedroom. 
So now I guess he could sit in there now that Chuck has removed all the bugs. Hello, Chuck. Ah! What did you tell your handler? I told him you were innocent, okay? I told him I thought you were innocent, and I think the best thing for you to do is go and turn yourself in. They can help you. Forget it, Chuck. And so Laszlo knows that Chuck talked to his handler, and he's still trying to convince Chuck, you cannot trust these people. It doesn't even matter. Of course it matters. Isn't this what you wanted? They went through the trouble of framing me for murder. What's going to happen when they get me back? Slap on the wrist? There's got to be someplace you can hide me. Just for tonight. There is one place. Now cut back to the Wienerlicious, and Laszlo's handler explains to Sarah just how dangerous this kid can be. So this kid just escaped. Look, we tried everything we could to prevent this whole thing from happening. And what exactly is this? A mentally unstable weapons designer, office meds, and currently running around Los Angeles. And how do you know all of this? Laszlo was my asset. I was the one who found him, I was the one who trained him, and I'm definitely the one who's going to be bringing him back. Look, I'm just going to be completely straight with you, Walker. We believe that he is looking to make a bomb. And God help whoever's in his way when Laszlo decides to go off. So now his handler is saying that Laszlo is off his meds and he may be building a bomb. So it's up to us to decide, do we trust the handler or do we trust Laszlo? And Chuck has just brought him to the Buy More. Welcome to Buy More. How can I be of assistance? So Chuck has loaded up Laszlo with drinks and candy and all sorts of snacks. And he's going to let him stay there for the night. And Laszlo tells Chuck, you know, um, I hope you don't mind. I grab some James Bond to watch. This is great. I'll be out before you guys open. And if everything works out, you will never see me again. Thank you, Chuck, for everything. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Good luck. Disappearing, Laszlo. <laughs> oh, and I hope you don't mind. I kind of helped myself to the whole uh, the Bond oeuvre. Ah, check you out. A view to a kill. That That's a bold choice. Why, is it a good one? Oh, dude, Christopher Walken playing some evil Nazi villain. Grace Jones is some uh, roid rage sex assassin. I think, actually, on second thought, I'm going to stay for the beginning. So. Who is it? Uh, it's my handler, Sarah. But Chuck quickly gets a call from Sarah, and Laszlo pleads with him, please don't answer. Chuck, you have to turn it off. Please, Chuck. She could be tracking us. You don't understand. If you turn me into your handlers, it's like signing my death warrant. Give me your watch. Why? Give me your watch. I need to disable the transponder. Disable the transponder? Transponder. Yeah, but how, how do you do that? So Laszlo shatters Chuck's watch, and then Chuck tells him about all the bugs. You were right about the bugs, by the way. God knows what they put in my car. I got a pretty good idea. I broke into it earlier. Disable the GPS system. And then he tells Chuck he disabled the GPS system in the car. And then Chuck figures out he designed the tech in his car, too. This guy's designed everything for the CIA. And part of me wonders this about Chuck and uh, all the gadgets and stuff we see in future episodes. Could we, would it be safe to assume Laszlo designed most of that? Missile guidance systems in cars and uh, lasers, all sorts of things. 
like maybe Laszlo is really just off his meds and once he gets back on his meds things will be better or is he going to be locked away forever I don't know it's just something to think about I know it's kind of silly but hey I've seen these episodes many times guys (laughs) you designed my car just think Chuck right now there is no one in the entire world who knows where we are Uh, That's kind of creepy, thinking about that. Nobody knows where Chuck is. But seriously, if somebody was looking for Chuck, they would look in three different places, I would think. They would look in at home, the buy more, or the (laughs) wienerlicious. So Sarah's freaking out because she can't get a hold of Chuck. Come on, Chuck, pick up the phone. Hey, it's Chuck, and I'll call you right back. Damn it. Chuck, I want you to go to your car, lock the doors, and wait for me. So this is a really cool scene that tells us a lot about Laszlo. A View to a Kill has just ended, and Chuck is talking about how great Walken was as Max Zorn. What a great bad guy. And all of a sudden, Laszlo, he's different. He's changed, and he's talking kind of crazy. He's basically saying how he identifies with Max Zorn. Max Zorn wasn't the bad guy. He was a misunderstood good guy who's been manipulated all of his life. And maybe the people deserve and had what was coming to him. And you can kind of see the horror in uh, Chuck's face like, whoa, 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 what's going on? This is kind of weird. What did I tell you? Max Zorin is one of the greatest bad guys of all time. You think Walken was the bad guy? (laughs) What, are you kidding? I mean, he did try to sink California into the Pacific Ocean. What do you think? Don't you get it, Chuck? Zorn is like us. The Nazis used him for superior gifts the way our government uses me and you. I don't... Too bad Zorn didn't have his home theater system. Screw flooding Silicon Valley. Do you know what we can do with this system if we really wanted to, Chuck? Watch more movies? I haven't got a chance to play with this bad boy since I designed it. And here we have a War Games reference as... Laszlo takes over the home theater system and he starts to arm a stealth bomber that's on a training run. What is that? Strategic Air Command. We keep a fleet of B-2s in Guam kept on nuclear alert just in case. Training exercise terminated. Plan modified. What are you doing? Putting my tax dollars to work, Chuck. Would you like to play a nice game of thermonuclear war? What about Texas? What did Texas ever do that was so great? Um... Nine hours. Maybe we should pick somewhere closer. In honor of Max Soren. Let's see how fast they get to San Francisco. But Chuck quickly realizes he's got to distract the guy. So he's like, hey, let's watch another Bond flick. I got another one for you here. <laughs> Crazy nice Laszlo. Hey, hey, hey. Um, uh, what about what? Let's watch Goldfinger, huh? What's it about? Uh, again, it's, it's about this bad, misunderstood guy who just wants to blow up the world it's right up your alley i think you really like it we can always play later we can we can play bomb 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 thing later i'm gonna go get us some more popcorn so here why don't you you go ahead and start without me and then uh, i'm gonna be right back so chuck has distracted laszlo enough where now he can go check his phone and we get some pretty funny messages from a pissed off Casey. You have 34 new messages. Chuck, it's Casey. Call me. You think this is funny, Chuck? If you don't call me back in the next 10 seconds, I'm a... 
tie it in a knot, shove it straight up your... Chuck, I want you to go to your car, lock the doors, and wait for me. But when Chuck gets to the nerd herd mobile, Laszlo's already in the car waiting for him. Where are we headed? Ah! And I thought I asked you to turn your phone off. Who are you talking to? My handler, okay? She was just checking in. You shouldn't have done that, Chuck. You should not have dragged them into this. I'm not responsible for what happens now. But then Casey and Sarah show up, Laszlo's handler shows up, and now he's really pissed. You saw me out. You saw me out! No, 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 no. Look, I just didn't want you to get hurt, okay? Look, relax. Just relax. Everything is going to be cool. And then we get to see some of Laszlo's handiwork, just how he's designed the nerd herder. He's added, like, an extra steering wheel, and now he can drive, and Chuck is totally helpless. Everything is not going to be cool. We also get to see that there's also an eject button in the car. <laughs> well, Chuck, it's been fun. So Chuck is sliding through traffic on his chair, and this is pretty funny where he's like, ladies. <laughs> So here's a nice scene in Chuck's bedroom. Sarah comes over to uh, ask him how he's doing and tell him he looks nice. He's getting ready for his big job interview to get promoted at the Buy More. But uh, Chuck's not having it. He feels like crap. He really blew the whole Laszlo situation. Turns out maybe Laszlo really is psychotic. <laughs> uh, don't beat yourself up, Chuck. I was kind of rooting for Laszlo myself. And by the way, uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, I've also spotted a Dune poster in Chuck's room. So he's got Tron, Old Boy, and Dune. I myself was never really a fan of Dune by David Lynch, but my buddy Steven loves Dune. And I remember we used to argue about it. He uh, liked it. I did not. <laughs> but it's cool that Chuck is on Steven's side, though. You look nice. Thanks. I feel like crap. I screwed up. I severely pooched the Laszlo situation last night. Yeah, well, today you have a job interview. Do you, do you think I care about making lower management at a buy more? Are you kidding me? I aided and abetted the escape of the next Ted Kaczynski, Sarah. I just... I can't believe that I, I was so wrong about that guy. But then uh, Chuck also kind of uh, lets it slip that he knows that, that they bugged his room. And she looks over and sees that their Comic-Con picture is in the garbage. <laughs> it's in the trash. So uh, she knows that, oh, that didn't go over so well. <laughs> no wonder you bugged my room. I'm an absolute idiot. You know, just because you trust people, it doesn't make you an idiot. Yeah, well, I should have trusted you guys a little more. I'm sorry. 
But Sarah wants me to know that it doesn't make you an idiot for trusting people. It's what makes Chuck Chuck. I don't know. It's like he hopes for the best out of people. He wanted to believe Laszlo and think he was a good guy. And uh, he wasn't. But, hey, that's just how it is sometimes. Sarah also mentions that they picked up a signal from the car. Seems a little convenient, though. Casey got a signal on your car, and somehow the GPS got turned back on, and Laszlo was heading east. So I'll call you from the road. And don't worry, we're going to bring him in, Chuck. Good luck today. So cut to the buy more, and here is fancy, suave, well-dressed Morgan. Be, but that's the most kick-ass costume ever. I'm sorry, Michael. Is it Halloween? I didn't realize. <laughs> I love, I love that Big Mike compliments Morgan on the kick-ass costume, and he's like, "Oh, is it Halloween? I didn't notice." And then Jeff and Lester approach Morgan, and they're in their American Gothic outfit, and and Lester wants to know if Morgan's all up for some more mystery crisper. But Morgan assures him he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, for a little uh, mystery crisper holiday edition? Or... I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about, Lester. Jeffrey? Hey, Morgan, buddy, where were you this morning? I thought you wanted to ride in. And then Chuck sees Morgan, and he's like, wow, look at you. And Morgan, if you remember, the last time Chuck and Morgan spoke is when Chuck was chewing Morgan out. So he's not really in a friendly mood. Why are you all dressed up? Why are you all dressed up? I have a job interview today. Oh, bully for you, Chuck. What? You think you're the only one at the buy more who cares about looking professional? <laughs> Typical. I never, I never said anything. So then after Morgan walks away, now we have more Harry Tang. Boom! Did I scare you, Chuck? You better be scared. Because I'm about ready to kill me a job interview, partner. Kapow! So just when you couldn't hate Harry Tang anymore, Chuck picks up his wallet off the ground and he has the sketch that Laszlo made him. But this time he looks at it from a different angle and something about it triggers the intersect. So now, based on the flash, Chuck knows that Laszlo is going to plant a bomb on the pier. Laszlo is not headed east. He's going to the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, you don't say. We just found the GPS in downtown. Laszlo ripped it out and stuck it under a big ring. Look, he was casing the arcade. It's where he was first recruited. There's a huge Halloween party there every year. I think he's going to blow it up. But here's a really good moment where Mike stops Chuck. Like, hey, where are you going? You know, he's got this big interview. And Chuck realizes, dude, there's some things that are more important than the friggin' buy more. Me, myself, I don't know what that would be, but Chuck knows. Oh, maybe it's a bomb about to blow up innocent people. That's what it is. Okay. Where do you think you're going? Um, you, hey, hey, Big Mike, I, can, I, can I borrow another herder? All the herders are out. You've got an interview this afternoon, or did you forget? No, I, I just, I'm, something came up. Is that something more important than being assistant manager? Is it more important than handing over your promotion to Tang? Please, Chuck, is it more important than Big Mike's relaxation? Look, Big Mike, there are just some things in life that are more important than the buy more. You mean like fishing in Danish? (laughs) 
I like how he says that. Fishing in Danish, that we know Big Mike loves fishing. But um, Chuck has no car, so he's going to have to steal a bike. Excuse me. Excuse me. I beg your pardon. So cut back into the Buy More, and it's the Buy More supervisor there to interview Chuck. And he's played by David Burke, the actor you will all know from the TV show The Tick. He played Arthur. Uh, nobody remembers that, do they? No, for those of you who watch The Tick, it's Arthur. Pretty cool. This guy has been in so many different shows and like one-off roles but uh here we know him as mr mercer the hr manager of the buy more and this will not be the last time we see this guy either so remember his face bartowski excuse me you in the gordon gecko costume have you seen chuck bartowski it's time for his interview now i actually don't know where chuck's been keeping himself these days so sorry so Morgan just kind of is like, whatever, I don't know what Chuck's up to. But then Harry Tang shows up, and it's enough to antagonize Morgan into remembering how much he loves Chuck. I guess your boyfriend just couldn't take the heat, huh? I'm sure he's got a perfectly good excuse. Sure he does. First Chuck bails on you and your stupid space penis costume. I love when he references the sandworm by calling it a space penis. And then he doesn't even have the stones to show up for his interview. What a loser. Even by your standards. If I were you, I'd start interviewing for a new best friend. Mama Morgan. Let me ask you something. <laughs> but then he fires Morgan up and I love how he does the little hat. <laughs> he like uh, flips up. Harry's hat. It's funny. What do you know about Chuck Bartowski? And now we have Johnny comes marching home as Morgan goes in there to tell the HR guy just what a great friend Chuck is. We could all use friends like Chuck and Morgan. You're not Bartowski. Actually, I'm, I'm here to interview on my friend's behalf. Look, please, please just hear me out, okay? I know that the virtues I make for a good Bymore manager are the same virtues I make for a best friend. Now, uh, Chuck and I may have our differences, but I could tell you this about him. Chuck is is brave. Chuck is loyal. You know, Chuck can quote Wrath of Khan word for word. How cool is it that Chuck can quote Wrath of Khan word for word? Now that's awesome. And Chuck is courageous. Chuck's got a wicked vinyl collection. And Chuck has the wisdom to not eat garbage from the break room crisper. If you want my open and honest and direct opinion, the best man for this job is a man by the name of Chuck Bartowski. Now, what a speech, Morgan. That was great. And it's funny because I still think about this. Like, Chuck is busy all the time with the spy world. How could he ever even do the assistant manager job? It would just complicate his life even more. So maybe it's better he doesn't get it. Some speech? Chuck Bartowski sounds like a hell of a guy. He is. When he comes in tomorrow, he'll be working for one Harold Tiberius Tang. God help you all. No! I guess it didn't matter. So when Chuck reaches the pier, he finds Laszlo underneath it with the nerd herder. And he quickly tells him that, oh, by the way, I designed a self-destruct mechanism in your car. I meant to tell you earlier about your car's self-destruct function. One of my more inspired designs. Laszlo, listen, relax, Chuck. 
It's all yours. But Laszlo throws Chuck the keys, and immediately the bomb arms itself. What did you just do? You just armed bomb. That would take me hours to get through the fingerprint recognition system. What are you doing this? What, blowing stuff up? That's what bad guys do, Chuck. So it's interesting when Laszlo says, yeah, it's what bad guys do. So Laszlo wants to be a full-blown Bond villain, and this is just the beginning. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Hey, someone just armed the herder to self-destruct. Yeah, I know. It was me. So Chuck is yelling at Laszlo, disarm the bomb. But Laszlo's like, no, Chuck, you disarm the bomb. Here, I'll show you how. I don't know if I would trust this guy. Disarm the bomb right you now. Disarm the bomb. How? It's easy. Cut the wire. Which one? Red one. Yeah, cut the wire, Chuck. Would you stop? What about you got both of them? Oh, like Sean Connery and the other Goldfinger? But then Laszlo references Goldfinger, and Chuck's like, wait a second. You said you never saw Goldfinger. He never should have trusted him to begin with. This guy is a friggin' whack job, Chuck. What'd you just say? Cut the wire, Chuck. The other night you said you'd never seen Goldfinger. So how would you know what Bond does at the end of the movie? Cut the wire or we're dead. You lied to me, Laszlo. You knew I'd believe you when you said you just wanted to live a normal, peaceful life. And you knew that I'd believe you about cutting the wire, but you were wrong, Laszlo. Chuck! Wait, wait, stay there! It's a red wire, Chuck! But Chuck cuts the green wire because he knows Laszlo, he's a punk ass, and he's a liar. So that's the last we'll see of Laszlo. It's a shame because I almost wanted him to show up again later as the mad inventor or something. That's a sign of good storytelling when from episode to episode of this show, uh, there's characters introduced that had the potential of doing something else later on. They could definitely go back to this character. Be it in novel form or in movie form. <laughs> okay, I just won't drop the novel thing. Okay, it's going to happen, guys. I'm telling you. They did it with Veronica Mars. It became a movie. And now they put out two Veronica Mars books. They could do it with Chuck. Sorry, I'm a little fired up, guys. So when Chuck returns to the Buy More, it's too late. He missed the meeting. Harry Ting's got the job. And you could tell how bummed out all the employees are. As soon as he gets there, Jeff and Lester are like, oh, hi, Chuck. And then there's Harry to gloat. Hey, nice. I like it a little bit. All right. All right, now. How do I? <laughs> hey, hey, Chuck. Nice costume, Chuck. And what are you supposed to be? Oh, that's right. You're my employee. <laughs> Aren't you going to congratulate me? You did hear I got the job. Uncontested. Yeah, nice work, Harry. Anyhow. 
And I love when he starts telling Chuck about his organizational ideas. I love the way Chuck just walks off and he doesn't listen to him. Fantastic. Now that you're here, I wanted to talk to you about some organizational ideas I had for the nerd herd. Now, Chuck, where are you going? Chuck! Chuck, I will not be ignored! Did Morgan ever find you? I thought the guy was going to lose it. No, I, I know. He was really looking forward to the Buy More Costume Contest. I'm talking about what he did for you. But then Chuck learns that Morgan stepped up for him. Giving the whole big speech to try to talk the HR guy into giving you the job. Morgan did that? And then someone went and stole his bike. I mean, what kind of loser would steal a guy's bike? And this is a great moment on the show. Uh, You know, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that Chuck stole Morgan's bike, but you know Morgan's getting his bike back. (laughs) But uh, one thing that I found out later on after I watched the show is that the whole ending part of this show is kind of a reference, kind of a Easter egg to fans of the OC, a show created by Josh Schwartz, who co-created Chuck with Chris Fedak. Uh, there's an episode of the OC called The Countdown from season one, where Ryan, played by Ben McKenzie, rushes to a party to see Marissa, played by Misha Barton. And this is kind of like the same thing here where Chuck is rushing to Morgan to tell him what a great friend he is. He loves him, etc. And it's all done to the song Dice by Finley Quay and William Orbit. And I love this. When Chuck arrives to the party from across the room, Morgan sees him. This is total bro love, man. These guys are best friends, and they're there for each other. It's beautiful, man. I think you were coming. I'm sorry. I got held up. Listen, Morgan, I think you should be the head this year. Really? And then it cuts to Chuck and Morgan in the sandworm costume, dancing for everybody to the song It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, which are, I don't know about you, are personal heroes of mine. But then Ellie rushes up because she wants to know, come on, Chuck, tell me about the interview. How'd it go? Chuck, honey, honey. He's in, he's in the back. Uh, how did it go? Uh, the short version is that I didn't get the job. What? I kind of skipped out on the interview. But there's Sarah, and she's like, wait, it was my fault. And I love when uh, Chuck and Morgan see Sarah. She's in the Slave Leia garb from Return of the Jedi. And they're both like, hello? (laughs) It's pretty awesome. It was my fault. 
So back in Chuck's room, he's like, so where'd you get the cool costume? So, uh, where'd you get the costume? Well, the CIA can make anything. And what's cool is uh, Sarah's there in the Slave Leia outfit, and she gets her camera, and Chuck's like, what are you doing? And she's taking a selfie with them. They weren't called selfies yet, but you guys know what I mean. So she's taking their picture. This time, the picture will actually mean something. It's something that really happened. They're really there, and it's a real memory, unlike their fake picture earlier. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, smile. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to give you a new photo of us, and I figured that it should be something real. And then we wrap up the episode with Morgan returning. They're calling for the sandworm, but Morgan's like... So, uh, what were you guys talking about? And Chuck's like, <laughs> he starts talking about sandwiches again. And I love the way you see Casey's face like, oh no. And he, he's listening to another sandwich conversation. It's a great way to end the episode. Chuck! Call for the worm, bro. I'll, uh, I'll see you outside. Uh, what are you guys talking about? Oh, nothing. Just, uh, you know. Sarah was just telling me that if she was stranded on a desert island, she would bring roast beef. She didn't say roast beef. Oh, she totally, she completely, she completely said roast beef. Oh, it's terrible, sandwich. It's terrible. You know, she's she's smart and she's sexy and kudos on the costume, look fantastic. But who brings roast beef to a deserted island? It's a terrible choice. Oh, uh, you know what? You got a dumper. <laughs> I love that Morgan says you got a dumper. <laughs> You're like, who says roast beef? Well, guys, that was Season 1, Episode 6, Chuck versus the Sandworm. Thank you guys so much for listening. It was a great episode. I would say a lot of it was about growing up for Morgan. It was also Chuck learning about trust. Who can he trust? Can he trust Laszlo, who was totally screwed by the CIA? They recruited him when he was a kid. He was kept prisoner, it sounds like. It sounds like he had issues, too. He had medication he had to take. But uh, Chuck was very lucky to fall into the situation he did. He's so lucky that he has Sarah. And Sarah is his handler, and she's there to take care of him. Um, so this was a really fun episode and whenever it comes along, I enjoy watching it and I can't wait to watch some more. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Chuck series companion. If you'd like to send me some feedback, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you could call and leave a voicemail at 1-206-309-4729. Also, I'd like you to visit chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. There you can find all my previous episodes of the podcast, and you can also find my little blog postings about each episode. Also, go to iTunes. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a review. Give a star rating. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. 
and I'll see you next time. Oh, thank you, young man. You've been... Great heavens! Now this is podcasting. Casting.